Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. What I want to talk about a little bit this morning is knowledge. And everybody wants wisdom. Amen? And just about every time the Bible talks about wisdom, it talks about getting understanding. But you, to get to wisdom, you have to start with knowledge. Amen? So if we could pull up our first scripture here, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Do we have that? So everyone... Uh, 1 Peter 12 through 15. That's not it. Okay. Well, let me read it here. For this reason, this is uh, the Apostle Peter, who was, he's one of my favorites uh, because, like me, he's extremely hard headed, he was extremely prideful. He would say things that were arrogant that he couldn't follow through on. And then eventually, so if you read about the Peter in the Gospels, and then you come back and you read 1 and 2 Peter, you see a man who has been, his mind has been renewed. It's a totally different person. A transformation has taken place. And uh, this guy gives me hope. (laughs) <laughs> for myself, amen? So if you're one of those that, that uh, you know, maybe struggle with pride or struggle with those things uh, where you'll allow things to come out of your mouth and you're unable to, you know, you write a check that your butt can't cash, you know, there, there's, a, there's hope, amen? But he says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things even though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, this body, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. In other words, I'm about, he's about to pass away, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Now he uses the word remind or reminder four times. How many of you guys used to do things like many years ago? Like for myself personally, I was a carpenter and I could, you know, I could go to town driving nails. I'd plant it, one hit, bam. If I tried to do that now, I'd break all my fingers. Uh, it would not be pretty. Uh, and you'd be laughing at me. I'd be missing the nail. But it's easy to forget certain things. The Bible is very um, broad. Amen? There's so many things in the Bible and that some of them seem to contradict themselves that if you are not rightly dividing the word of truth, you, this is how people get off to these extreme places, the extreme Pentecostals, 
the extreme Baptists or the Presbyterians. And I have nothing against these denominations. Well, I guess I do, a little. If you have a form a committee to form a committee to form a committee to make a decision on something, something's wrong. Right? So, as we go through some of these chapters and verses this morning, you're going to hear things that you've heard before. I'm going to hear things that I've heard before. But as I was putting this together, you know, I was reading scripture and I was reminded of things that I haven't studied in a while. Things that I need to grow and mature. I found areas where I've backslidden to a degree because, simply because I haven't been in that place of keeping these things in my mind and not getting to this place where, well, I've read that. How many times have you done that? You hear a preacher begin to talk and he says, starts to talk about a scripture and you kind of just, you know, click out, right? I've heard this before, I know this, and the next thing you know, your mind's wandering. When God may be trying to bring you a totally different perspective on this particular scripture. Amen? Amen. So, I just wanted to point that out. You know, Peter understood the importance of not forgetting certain things. So let's bring up uh, Revelation 2, verses 1 through 5. So Jesus is speaking to the angel of the church of Ephesus, and he says, these things says, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lapstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and then you cannot bear those who are evil. And I have tested those who say they are and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and you have found them liars and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake for the Jesus name's sake and have not become weary sounds like a pretty good church doesn't it nevertheless i have this against you that you have left your first love Remember, therefore, where from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand, lampstand from its place unless you repent. So there's an area where we probably need to be repenting on a daily basis. We need to be looking back over our day or maybe over what we just said. Or what we just thought. Uh, we had a teacher, Donnie and I shared, 
that said we repent in thought, words, and deeds. Jesus said if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. That tells me that I can sin in my thoughts. Amen? <clears throat> so, as we go through here, we must remember that it's always got to, we've always got to keep going back to Jesus, that first love. You know, just like any marriage, the love can kind of grow cold or stagnant over a period of time, and we find ourselves just going through the motions. And it's just very important that we try to keep that fire alive. Keep that spark alive. And sometimes it's difficult when you're going through marriage struggles or financial struggles. I mean, lots of things hit us every day. I know for me, <laughs> oh, I can just tell you about some things that just happened in the last two or three days. I won't go there. But it's, it's like, man, Jesus, if you love me so much, <laughs> can I get a little break here? But anyway, I'll have a tough conversation with a client tomorrow because the people didn't show up this weekend. But it is what it is. God has empowered me to be humble. And, uh, you know, and if that person can't accept my apology about something that was really out of my control because I did everything in my power to make it happen, then they'll just have to be mad at me. And then I'll just have to keep working to earn the trust. It's that simple. But, you know, one of the things I wrote up, wrote up here was, you know, we can, you hear one of the old adages that says, you know, your attitude the, the determines your altitude, right? And, you know, what is attitude? Well, the definition of attitude is a feeling or a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. Okay? So, you know, kids like to say, don't give me attitude. Right? It's, it's kind of a slang. But we understand, we all understand what it means. Right? Basically, you're disrespecting me because you don't agree with me. Right, And if we have the wrong attitude, then there's no way we can be obedient to the things that God has called us to do. So we must be constantly focusing on gratitude. The, thing, the only way you can maintain the right attitude is if you are always counting your blessings and not focusing on all the negatives that take place every day. Thank God you have a spouse. Thank God you have brothers and sisters. Thank God you're in a country you, got, you can freely worship. Thank God you have access to your Bible. Thank God for your children. Thank God for the ability to tithe. Thank God. Thank God for your car, your house. Thank God that the vaccine's available to you, whether no matter what you think about it. Because there's people all over the country 
where only 2% have access to it. And they want the vaccination. So gratitude is the quality, everybody say the quality, quality. of being thankful. So being thankful is a quality. It's not a feeling. <laughs> Amen? Amen? It's a quality. It's, it's a source of good character. And it's the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. And I want you to notice that it says the quality of being thankful. Not the quality of feeling thankful. Okay? Because I don't know about you. There's, a, there's many, many times I do not feel thankful or have an attitude of gratitude. So that's where I've got to come against my flesh and let my spirit man rule and sometimes go against every fiber of my being and stand there and take that tongue lashing or go back and apologize. Even when whatever that person did to maybe trigger me to do something was wrong in the first place, the Bible tells me not to return evil for evil. So I need to be grateful that God has given me that wisdom that I can diffuse this situation by the way I carry myself and choose to humble myself and show gratitude. So the mystery is how to be thankful without feeling thankful. And the answer actually lies in the definition. It says, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So the quicker that you learn how to not allow your feelings to dictate your actions, your life's going to become much easier. You're going to be that person that people look up to and want to know, how do you do that? Because realistically, most Christians and about all unbelievers have a really hard time with that. They do not understand it. Many people, many believers, all the time I talk to, I just can't forgive that. I mean, that's just, God doesn't expect me to forgive that. He cheated on me. She cheated on me with my best friend. He stole from me. He killed my son. Well, I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for forgiveness, oh my God, if I had to make up for all of the wrong things I did, I'd need three lifetimes to do so. So who the heck am I? There's been times in my life I could have murdered somebody. Might have been manslaughter. I've come close to, to 
killing people, acting like a fool. And I was angry enough to do it. But by God's grace, even before I was saved, he, he rescued me out of so many situations pre-salvation because he had a plan for my life. So there are times when I feel grateful to the point of tears. How about, how about you guys? Sometimes during, I, so you know, it hadn't happened in a while, but I used to be able, and I, and I want to get back to that place, but I'd be just driving down the road and I'd start thinking about some things, God's, how God's blessed me. And just all of a sudden, I'll just break out in tears. Just a big cry baby. Right? I feel that gratitude, that emotion moves me to tears. But see, those times that I feel frustrated, rejected, belittled, feeling ungrateful, disrespected, and unworthy, unworthy, this is when I must express gratitude. This is when it's most important. You see, I've been in an, of the opinion in the past that it's okay to discuss problems. Let's discuss this problem. <laughs> Especially in business. When in fact, it was used as an opportunity to complain. That's really all I was doing. And, and to point blame somewhere else. I wasn't trying to solve a problem. That doesn't mean I still don't have tough business discussions, but boy, I have been a totally different, I use a totally different demeanor and mindset that we are in this together, that we cause this problem because it starts with the top and we need to figure out the solution to first of all make this right and make sure it doesn't happen again. Much like discussing someone else's challenges so we can pray and understand. When in fact all we're doing is gossiping. All we're doing is promoting ourselves above that person. Oh, let's pray. Mm -mm. See, we can always have healthy dialogue about challenging situations, tragic loss, business deals gone south, depression, rejection, sin in our lives. But there really needs to be an awareness, as the Bible says, be sober, be Think about what you're saying, what the motives are, check your heart, examine yourself before you dive into conversations. And there are many people that will just, can so easily suck you in. They'll suck you right in. Some people will start to tell some jokes and I'll, I'll just turn and walk away. 
Don't want to be a part. I don't want to hear it. If you're going to complain, you know, moan and groan, I'm just going to walk away. Respectfully, I don't want to have this conversation with you. Call me back when you're not, you know, fit to be tied. See, but there really needs to be an awareness. As the Bible says, be sober. Think about your conversations and where they are heading in content and context. Who are you conversing with? What are their motives? What is their level of maturity? And be honest with yourself, what is your level of maturity? And you can have a high level of maturity in one arena and a low level of maturity in another because of situations and things that have happened in your life. So finding that balance is incredibly important. We want to be as steady as we can be, right? We don't want our highs to be too high and our lows to be too low. Everybody loves the mountaintop experience, but there's always another valley coming. Amen? But our attitude truly can change this roller coaster that we can tend to get on and just flatten it a little bit. And that's how we stay more level-headed. That's how we keep ourselves out of trouble. That's how we have wisdom to keep our mouths shut at certain times, knowing when to speak and when not to speak. Very important. So what it all boils down to is a choice. And what we choose to make our truth. To me, there is only one source of truth. And don't be surprised that if different times in your life, something you thought was true in the past actually isn't. And be open to changing your viewpoint. Because if you were right about everything and every conviction back then, why do you need to have your mind renewed? Because it, it doesn't say have your mind renewed. It says the renewing of your mind, which means it's an ongoing, continuous thing. You should be becoming more compassionate. In some areas, you should be becoming more um, more diligent or, or, or more, what's um, the word I'm looking for? Uh, you, you know, um, just, just standing your ground, drawing that line in the sand like, like Jesus did. You know, how many times have you heard, well, I just want to be all things to all men, like Paul said. Well, no, I don't want to be a junkie to a junkie so I can save a junkie. Right? So we have to use wisdom. Where do we get in the wisdom? From the Bible. From the knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. 
So if we could, let's go to Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. And it says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you to walk today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your, of your days. So notice here, just something that jumped out at me when I was reading this, um, this morning actually. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Not for you. Why? Because God has made it abundantly clear to all of us that the choices we make dictate our circumstances in many, many ways. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy... Many of us would already be dead because of some of the choices that we made. So heaven and earth have witnessed God and his mercy and his grace and his, uh, the, the giving us his word so that there's no doubt that we have an understanding that our choices make a difference. Every morning, I tell my kids, I don't say, go be good. Because they're good no matter what. I tell them, go make good choices. Make good choices today. You know, in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Jesus said to Peter, he says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked you that he may sift you as wheat. Man, the enemy, he, he's, he's out there to get us. Okay? Like a roaring lion, looking who he can devour. The only power he has is deception and fear. He has no physical power over you whatsoever. Deception and fear. The more you watch the news, the more you listen to the wrong music, you young people, the more you watch the wrong things, 
the more you're going to open the door to the devil to influence you. The devil is not a faith devil. He's a legalistic devil. Does everybody understand what that means? So you have to give him access by the choices that you make. That's what it means by choosing life or death. Choose God's way or choose the devil's way. The devil's way always leads to death. And it's not physical death, it's spiritual death. Amen? What is spiritual death? It's a lack and loss of communication with God Almighty himself. It creates a distance between you and him. And sometimes we wonder why we can't hear him or we go through these dry seasons and we don't look back and examine what we may have done to create that separation ourselves. That doesn't mean sometimes he doesn't let us go through those seasons because there's things we need to learn and we would not learn them without going through that particular season. And sometimes it's hard to discern, to discern the difference. But we must examine the actions that we're making to be able to, to discern. Okay, Lord, what did, I, what did I need to do different? Or what are you trying to teach me? And if we know his voice, he'll speak to us. Amen? So I'm going to close with a scripture. If you would, go to Acts chapter 2. You know, and before we go there, I, I noticed uh, this guy's shirt here. What's your son, what's your name? Kevin? Ivan. Ivan. What's your shirt say? Influencer. Influencer. So, you know, ask yourself, are you trying to control your situations, people around you? Are you trying to be an influencer? Or are you being an influence E? Be an influencer, right? And sometimes that means you just have to get away from certain people that are dead set on influencing you to go down the wrong path. It's very important we understand that, especially the younger people in the house. Uh, so we were, it says, uh, Acts 2, 44 through 47. It says, now all who believed, do you believe? Yes. Were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that type of unity in our world today? Today, that would be called a cult. 
It would. And divided among them all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So if you back up, it says, so continuing daily with one accord and the God added to the church daily. Not every Sunday. Not every quarter when we do an outreach. Not every year when we go on a mission trip. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Seek me early in the morning. Daily. The more we do that, the less we will need to be reminded. Do you have that caption to put up? So I just wanted to encourage you in this little notation here. Matthew 28, 20, and you can take a picture and look at these later. It says, God is with us in our struggles. Romans 8, 31 says, God is for us when it seems all else is against us. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 tells us that God will carry us through our pain. And then in Romans 8, 28, it says, God works all things for the good of those who those that love him and are called according to his purpose. His purpose, not our purpose, his purpose. So he works all things to the good. You're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna drop the ball. We're gonna do things that we regret. We're gonna learn, we're gonna live, we're gonna grow. We're gonna learn how to love more. We're going to learn how to draw the line in the sand. And that line in the sand, it works both ways. There's certain uh, lines we draw that we refuse to cross over. And there's certain lines we draw that we, uh, we just don't allow other people to cross over in our lives. We protect our sanctity. God works all things. How many things? I mean, all, that really stupid, stupid thing I did. I mean, the way I treated that person at the drive-thru. Come on. The way I dealt with that guy in the traffic the other day. Well, that's a pretty amazing guy. He's a limitless God. All things, he says. All things. You mean that horrible suffering I went through 
with two COVID shots and 105 degree temperature. They kept me out of work for a total of five days. He's gonna work that all to the good. He'll have to explain that one to me, I guess, when I get to heaven. But I trust in his word that he will work all things to the good. So no matter what's going on in your life, maybe you've recently lost somebody close to you. Maybe you know some people now that are suffering. Maybe you have some children, like I do, that are out there doing things that you know are destroying their lives. Maybe you've been diagnosed, labeled, mistreated. Been a victim of race. Try to believe. Try to make this your only source of truth. Not what CNN says. MNBC, whatever it is. All these kooks. Don't let Black Lives Matter tell you anything that's contrary to this. Some people find the phrase all lives matter offensive. That blows my mind. I'm ashamed of the things my ancestors did, but I didn't do them. I just want to love everybody. I don't see skin color anymore. When I go to the jails and preach, I don't see convicts. I don't see criminals. I see children of God who need Jesus. That's a gift from God. <laughs> because I used to be very prejudiced. And I was so stupid, I didn't even know why. But God's working all things to the good. So keep loving Him and keep walking in that purpose that He's called for you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.